Yeah, that's great. Well, I am very excited to have the privilege of sharing God's word with you this morning. Uh, if you, for those of you who don't know me, maybe, my name is Ben Gerth. My wife is Jeanette. And we have four kids, Kara, Luke, Ellie, and Jenna. And we are your missionaries serving with Wycliffe Bible Translators. We're translating the Bible for the Jita people of Tanzania, East Africa. And it is such a joy for us to be part of this Missions Emphasis Weekend. This church is very special to us. I served here as pastor before God called us to Tanzania. So we love this church, and we're so thankful for the relationships that we have in this church. This church is one of our sending churches, and so we are so thankful for your faithful support over the years. Your prayer support and your financial support have meant so much to us, so thank you. You all have a part in God's kingdom work in Tanzania. People are coming to faith in Jesus. People are being discipled in their faith because of your partnership with us. So thank you for that. So here we are at Ventura's Missions Emphasis Weekend. We love things like this. This is so fun. I love seeing the, the flags out in the back and the, the display tables. Jeanette and I love missions conferences. Jeanette remembers missions conferences when, when she was a kid. She loved meeting the missionaries and hearing their stories and finding out how she could pray for them. And then I remember a missions conference in 1994. I remember the date because that was where God first kindled a passion in my heart for missions. And then, fast forward, then God used a missions conference at Moody Bible Institute when I was a student there to introduce me to the work of Wycliffe Bible Translators and the amazing work that they're doing. So we're really excited to see what God might do through this missions conference here at Ventura. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready for what God wants to do in your heart through this time together, focusing in on missions? Well, here's the big question that I want all of us to be thinking about today. And here it is. How has God uniquely equipped you to shine the light of the gospel into the dark places, both locally and globally? This is something I want us to be thinking about. I want us to be praying. I want us to be meditating. I want us to be discussing in small groups and in Bible studies with each other when you go home in family groups. I want us to be thinking, how has God uniquely equipped you with people, relationships, resources, skills, abilities? How has God uniquely equipped you to shine the light of the gospel into dark places, both locally and globally? So today we're going to look at one of my favorite passages of Scripture on missions. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Maybe you're already there. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you so much for this time that we have together in your word. I pray now that you would take your word and you would transform us. I pray that you would plant your word deep in our hearts. I pray that you would bring conviction of sin by your Holy Spirit where that needs to happen. I pray that you would bring comfort and hope where that needs to happen. And I pray that you would bring strength to those that feel weak. I pray that you would put a, a burden in all of our hearts to shine the light of your gospel. Wherever we are, wherever you've called us to serve, kindle that fire in our hearts to shine the great news, the glorious news of Jesus into wherever you've called us to, the relationships that we have, the, the spheres of influence that we have, or maybe even, God, I pray, 
that you would raise up more people from this body to take your light to the end of the earth, or that you would put a burden on people's hearts to partner with those that are going. Stir our hearts today by your word and your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, so we're in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 14 to 16. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. These are the words of Jesus here. He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This passage is, is just beautiful. In its original context, Jesus was talking to his first disciples. But we, as followers of Jesus, we can apply these words to our lives as well. In fact, these are, this is a command from Jesus that we need to obey. These ideas are repeated in the rest of the New Testament as foundational truths of what it means to be a Christian and to live a Christian life. What we see here is that Jesus gives his followers a new identity, a new mission, and a new passion. That's basically the outline for today. Jesus gives his followers a new identity, a new mission, and a new passion. So let's start out with that first one there, a new identity. Look at verse 14. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That's who we are now. That's our new identity. And this is fascinating, right? Because Jesus also said that he himself is the light of the world, right? Remember John 8, 12? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So if Jesus is the light of the world, how can we, his followers, also be the light of the world? Well, this is so cool. Check this out. Look carefully at John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There it is. Or he goes on more in, in John 12, 36. He says, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Or again, in John 12, 46, he says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. The Bible uses these metaphors of light and darkness. Light refers to holiness, purity, cleanness, obedience. And then darkness refers to sin, evil, corruption, rebellion. Jesus talks about people being trapped in the darkness of sin. But Jesus comes along as the light of the world. Everyone who believes in Jesus will not be in darkness anymore. Instead, they will have the light of life. And that's talking about spiritual life, abundant life, eternal life, everlasting life, just like that fighter verse that we looked at this morning. More than that, though, everyone who believes in Jesus will actually become a child of light, which means a child of God who is light. That's why Jesus tells his followers, you are the light of the world. They are like little lights energized by the preeminent light, Jesus. I think maybe the best way to picture this is in Tanzania, we had these little solar-powered, solar lanterns, solar lamps, whatever you call them. And so every morning we would put the solar lanterns outside, right guys? We'd put the solar lanterns outside in the sun to get charged, to get energized by the, by the sun's energy. 
And then at nighttime, because the, the electricity in Tanzania was just horribly unreliable. And so the power would go off all the time. So we had these solar lanterns to give us light in the house. But we had to put them outside to be energized by the sun in order that we could use them to have light in our house at night. And I think that's a really good picture of us. So we are like little lights energized by the preeminent light, Jesus. In ourselves, we have no light. But in Jesus, we are energized, we are empowered, we are filled up with him who is the light of the world. Later on in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is going to pick up on this idea in Ephesians 5.8. Listen to this from Ephesians 5.8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So everyone who believes in Jesus has been united to Jesus by faith. Jesus now lives in us and we live in Jesus. So if Jesus is the light of the world, we also are the light of the world because we're in Jesus. That's who we are. That's our new identity. By the way, if you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, I just need to tell you, you are living in darkness. And I just pray that maybe this morning God is showing you, God is opening your eyes a bit to see that your life is empty and lonely and dark and hopeless. And I want to give you... I want to share the good news with you that Jesus came to rescue people from the darkness of sin and give them life, abundant life, spiritual life, everlasting life. And so I just invite you this morning, I invite you, confess your sins to God. Turn away from your sin. Ask God to forgive you. Surrender your life to following Jesus and he will, you will be saved. Jesus will give you a new identity. You will become a child of light. So that's the first point, that Jesus gives his followers a new identity. And then he also gives them a new mission, a new mission. Look at our text again. He says, you are the light of the world. And then here's our mission. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And let's just stop right there. Our new mission is tied very closely to our new identity. Think about it like this with me. What does light do by definition? It shines, right? So we, as um, the light of the world, that our, our new identity is that we are the light of the world. Our new mission is to shine because that's what light does. Just like this little illustration that Jesus gives, just like that city on a hill. Try to imagine that you're in first century Israel. It's nighttime. There's darkness all around. You're a traveler. You're going to Jerusalem. You look up, up and you see this city on the hill. The city is illuminated by all of the cooking fires, torches, and oil lamps in every house. You can't hide it. The light shines out for miles around because that's what light does. Or try to imagine the ridiculousness, I don't know if that's a word, but try to imagine the ridiculousness of lighting a candle and putting a bowl on top of it. I mean, that's just silly, right? Why would you do that? The point of lighting a candle is to give light to everyone in the house. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That's your new identity. 
And then your new mission is to shine because that's what light does. The question is, what does it look like for us in real life to shine as lights in the world? I mean, what does it look like practically in, in everyday stuff? What does it look like to shine as lights in the world? Well, in order for us to fully appreciate and understand the significance of Jesus' words here, we need to go back to the Old Testament. This metaphor of light goes all the way back to the Old Testament. We have to understand the original context in order for us to fully understand our new identity and our new mission. So let's go back to Psalm 43. Let's start there. Psalm 43, it says this. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God my God. So the psalmist here is praying for God to send out his light. And this light is supposed to lead him to God, to show him the way to God. So I, I just imagine this psalmist feels like he's drowning in the darkness and he needs God's light to show him the way to God, to show him the path to God. Are you seeing how this can, can connect with us as followers of Jesus? So, so we're the light of the world. God sends us out as light to show people the path to God, to show people the way to, how to get to God. Or let's try Psalm 119, 105. I love this one. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you love that one? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So again, we are the light of the world and we're supposed to show people the path to God, show people the way to God. Well, how do we do that? By using God's word. We use the light of God's word to lead people to God, to show people the way to God. The New Testament is going to pick up on this idea in Philippians 2, 15 and 16. Listen to this. Philippians 2, 15 and 16. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. So again, we are the light of the world. Our mission is to hold forth God's word like a spotlight and say, this is the way to God. This is the good news about salvation and Jesus and life and hope. But Ventura, what about the millions of people in the world who have no access to scripture in their language? Do you realize that there are over 7,000 languages spoken or signed in our world today? And over 3,000 of them do not have a single verse of translated scripture. That is millions of people who have no access to God's word in their language. And if you take a step, step bigger, there's 1.5 billion people who don't have the complete Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. How will they see the light of the gospel if it's not written in a language they can understand? That's why we're serving with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Our passion is to bring the light of the gospel to the Jita people of Tanzania. 
So I really hope you'll come back tonight. I'll, I'll spend a lot more time talking about the importance of Bible translation and, and telling our stories of what we're doing uh, with the Jita people. But for now, let's just keep looking at this theme of light in the Old Testament. Let's look at one from Isaiah, Isaiah 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This verse is applied to Jesus himself in Matthew 4.16. You remember Jesus was going around um, preaching the good news about salvation and repentance and the kingdom of heaven. And the, this, this proclamation of the good news was like light shining into the darkness. Jesus was calling people out of darkness into his light. So in the same way, we, as the light of the world, we, as followers of Jesus, we proclaim the good news to people who are lost in darkness. Or what about another one from Isaiah 42 and 49? God says this, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. This is a prophecy about the Messiah. God promised to send the Messiah, the Savior, the King, to rescue his people from the darkness of sin. And pay attention to the scope of this rescue mission. It says that the Messiah will be a light for the nations. So that means God's glorious global mission is to spread his salvation to the end of the earth, to rescue people from every tribe, language, people, and nation, to bring them out of darkness into his light. Let me, let me try to pull all this together now. I think this is so awesome. So Jesus is the light of the world. He is God's Messiah who rescues people from the darkness of sin. But we also are the light of the world. Like I said, we're like little lights energized by the preeminent light, Jesus. Our mission is to shine that light into the darkness and point people to Jesus. Our mission is to show people that the way to God is through Jesus the Messiah. Our mission is to take the good news of salvation to the end of the earth so that people from every tribe, tongue, and nation can believe in Jesus and become children of light. And Jesus says that our mission is not only about proclamation, it's also about action. Look at verse 16 again. Verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your what? good works. So our mission is not only about proclaiming the gospel to people who are in darkness, it's also about doing good works. So shining as lights in the world involves both words and actions. With our words, we tell people that Jesus is the Savior who came to rescue people from the darkness of sin. And then with our actions, we show people what it looks like to live in the light. With our words, we tell people that God is a God of love and mercy and peace. And then with our actions, we show people what love and mercy and peace look like in real life. I like how one commentator says that good works are tangible manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. I like that. That, that makes sense to me. 
So when we demonstrate genuine Christian love to someone through our actions, that's a good work. When we show peace and joy through our actions, that's a good work. When we sacrifice in order to show acts of patience and kindness, that's a good work. Or you could think of it like this. Good works are actions that spread the beauty and glory and fame of Jesus in the world for the benefit of other people. So think about this question. What good works can other people see in you? What good works can other people see in your life? Remember the context of Matthew chapter 5. It's the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus is teaching his followers how to live in God's kingdom. Citizens of God's kingdom are distinct from the world. They stand out. The world can see that we're different because of our good fruit, our good works. The, the whole sermon explains this idea of doing good works. Check them out. Here, here's just a few examples of good works from the Sermon on the Mount. Show mercy. Be a peacemaker. Seek reconciliation. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Pray for your persecutors. Give to the needy. Forgive others. Invest in God's kingdom work. These are all good works. And when we do good works like that, we stand out. We look different. You could say it's like light shining in the darkness, right? We are the light of the world. We shine that light through proclamation and action. We shine that light by proclaiming the good news of salvation and by doing good works. I picture good works like a, like a platform from which we can declare the gospel. Our good works will cause other people to stop and say, why are you so different? Suddenly we've got an open door to share the gospel. And then also our good works confirm that what we're saying with our words actually makes a difference in real life. I want to share with you a great example of shining the light of the gospel through proclamation and action. This is a real story. At a, at a missionary hospital in South Asia, a woman was treated for a life-threatening infection. During her six-week stay at the hospital, the hospital staff cared for her and provided for her and treated her infection and shared the gospel with her. Eventually, she and her husband both became followers of Jesus. Proclamation and action. Did you hear that? Proclamation and action. Eventually, the, uh, they both became followers of Jesus. They became children of light. And so after she was healed, they took that light back to their Buddhist village and they tried to share the light of the gospel with people in that village. But people in that village loved the darkness and they wouldn't come to the light. And tragically, the villagers poisoned the woman and she died. In spite of that horrible act of wickedness, her husband continues to shine the light of the gospel in that same village. He faces daily persecution for his faith in Jesus. But recently, nine villagers came to faith in Jesus and were baptized. That's what God can do when we shine the light of the gospel through proclamation and action. So Jesus gives his followers a new identity. We are the light of the world. And he gives us a new mission. Shine the light of the gospel through proclamation and action. And then he gives us a new passion, a new 
passion. Look again at verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and, here it comes, give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is what it's all about. This is why we shine the light of the gospel into the darkest places. Our passion is to see 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Listen to this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So our mission is to shine the light of the gospel on people who are blind. But God is the one who works in people's hearts to open blind eyes so that they can see the beauty and the glory of Jesus and give people faith in Jesus. So our passion and our joy is to watch God shine into people's hearts and bring them from death to life, from darkness to light, from hating Jesus to treasuring Jesus. Our passion is to see people turn away from the darkness and glorify God. Just like 1 Peter 2, 9. Can we try something? Can you read this out loud with me? This is such a great passage. Read this out loud with me. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's our passion, Ventura. We want to see people who used to be trapped in the darkness of sin now singing praises to the one true and living God. That's our passion. We want to see Psalm 86 and Psalm 67. That was so much fun. Do it again. Will you, will you say it out loud with me? All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Oh, that's our passion. That's our heartbeat. We want people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping God, singing in praise and joy to God. Just like the vision in the book of Revelation. You don't have to read this one. I'll read this one to you. And I just, I just want you to get this picture deep in your heart and mind, this vision. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and in all that is in them saying, Okay, this part you have to say out loud with me. Ready? Let, let's read this end part together. Ready? To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Oh, that's our passion. This is what motivates us to shine the light of the gospel in the darkest places. This is what motivated my family to move 8,000 miles from home and live in Tanzania. People in Tanzania are trapped in darkness. They are lost in the darkness of sin. There's one people group there in Tanzania near where we live. They are primarily 
farmers, and so they are very dependent on the rainy season. And when the rainy season is delayed, the villagers will go to the local witch doctor, and they'll take his wife, and they'll drag her up high on top of this sacred rock, and they'll leave her there while the witch doctor prays to the ancestral spirits for rain. They'll leave her on top of that rock until the rains come. That's darkness. In Tanzania, there are a lot of albino people. If you can imagine an albino Tanzanian, there's a lot of albino people. They live in constant fear and danger because the witch doctors will pay huge sums of money for albino body parts to use in their magic potions. That's darkness. Our house in Tanzania was right on the shore of Lake Victoria. And one day, a dead body washed up on shore near our house. Apparently, the night before, two rival fishing parties out on Lake Victoria got into a fight and the man was murdered. That's darkness. One time, there was a demon-possessed man right outside our front gate threatening to give my wife and daughter HIV. That's darkness. We faced real, serious, spiritual darkness, but that's what we signed up for. We are the light of the world. Our mission is to take the light to the darkness, to shine the light of the gospel through words and actions. And by God's grace, that's what we tried to do. And Ventura, it was a joy to see the light of the gospel penetrating the darkness. We became friends with a young man named Martin. He was an orphan. And a, a woman named Mama Bonatti. She was a widow with three kids. We helped them and we cared for them and we provided for them and we, we tried to give them sustainable ways to get out of poverty. But we also prayed for them and we prayed with them and we, and we shared scripture with them. We, we had a weekly Bible study going through the book of Ephesians and discussing it together. They had never heard anyone teach through an entire book of the Bible before. And so now they better understand what it means to be a Christian and how to live the Christian life. Our team in Tanzania translated the Jesus film. You remember the Jesus film? We translated it into multiple languages. And when we showed those films, hundreds of people responded to the gospel invitation and received Christ as Savior and Lord. We even saw Muslims turn away from their religion and put their faith in Jesus. We translated the book of Jonah and we put it on these little um, audio players. And when a group of pastors and church leaders heard God's word in their own language, God changed their view of evangelism. One man said, we must no longer say that people in that tribe are so difficult. They're so stubborn. We can't tell them about the gospel. No, that is our task, to go and tell people. God will see to it that they change. And then in another village, one man was so excited about learning how to read and write his own language, he started inviting his neighbors over and teaching them how to read and write their language. And through that process, they started reading the portions of Scripture that we had translated, and five people put their faith in Jesus. Two of them were Muslims. And the list goes on and on. It was a joy to see the light of the gospel penetrating the darkness in Tanzania. But what about you? What about you? What about the followers of Jesus right here in Holland, Michigan? Jesus has given you a new identity. You are the light of the world. He's given you a new mission. 
shine the light of the gospel through words and actions. And he's given you a new passion to see people turn away from the darkness and treasure God's glory in Jesus. So Jesus is calling you to be a light right here in Michigan and to take the light to the ends of the earth. It's not either or. It's both and. Jesus is calling you to shine the light right here where you are in Holland. There is plenty of darkness here in Holland. Just go down and talk to the people at the Holland Rescue Mission or Barnabas Ministries or Bethany Christian Services. There is darkness here in West Michigan. What are we doing to shine the light of the gospel into the darkness? Or what about your job? What about where you're working every single day? Is there darkness there where you're working? Shine the light of the gospel through words and actions. Or maybe you say, well, I'm just staying home with the kids all day long. Let your light shine so that they may see good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is calling you to shine the light right here where you are, and he's calling you to take the light to the darkest corners of the planet, either by going yourself or by partnering with those who go. So now we come back to that question that I asked you at the very beginning. How has God uniquely equipped you to shine the light of the gospel into dark places, both locally and globally? Let me ask you again. Think about it again. I, I want this to start some discussion. To con I want us to continue thinking about it. How has God uniquely equipped you with relationships, with resources, with skills, with abilities, with spheres of influence? How has God uniquely equipped you to shine the light of the gospel into dark places, both locally and globally? I'd like to close by reading the words of a beautiful hymn. It's called Facing a Task Unfinished. You might be familiar with it. It's been redone recently, so you, you may have heard this hymn. I love it because our mission truly is unfinished. There is massive work left to do. Our mission of shining the light of the gospel into the darkness will not be finished until Jesus comes back and ultimately destroys all the darkness. But until then, we have a job to do. Listen to these words. I just love this hymn. It says, Facing a task unfinished that drives us to our knees, a need that undiminished rebukes our slothful ease. We who rejoice to know thee, renew before thy throne the solemn pledge we owe thee to go and make thee known. Where other lords beside thee hold their unhindered sway, where forces that defied thee defy thee still today, with none to heed their crying for life and love and light, unnumbered souls are dying and pass into the night. We go to all the world with kingdom hope unfurled. No other name has power to save but Jesus Christ the Lord. We bear the torch that flaming fell from the hands of those who gave their lives proclaiming that Jesus died and rose. Ours is the same commission, the same glad message ours, fired by the same ambition. To thee we yield our powers. We go to all the world with kingdom hope unfurled. No other name has power to save but Jesus Christ the Lord. O Father who sustained them, O Spirit who inspired, 
Savior whose love constrained them to toil with zeal untired. From cowardice defend us, from lethargy awake, forth on thine errands send us to labor for thy sake. We go to all the world with kingdom hope unfurled. No other name has power to save but Jesus Christ the Lord. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this challenge from your word. I pray now that you would be working in all of our hearts to help us see how you have uniquely equipped each of us to shine the light of your great news into the darkness, no matter where we are. And God, I pray that you would also be stirring hearts, not only for missions here, not only for shining the gospel here, but also for partnering with those who go, or even going themselves. God, thank you so much for Ventura Baptist Church, for the passion of missions that's in the heartbeat of this church. Stir our hearts and work in our hearts. Convict us of sin. Draw us closer to Jesus. We pray it all in his name. Amen. The benediction. I'm actually going to read the, the gospel um, uh, call in the ending of Matthew. Go, therefore, into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. May the Lord richly bless you this week. You're dismissed.